What's up, guys? This is the Bladed Wedge Show. Uh, it's August 25th, 2020. We're just guys who love watching golf, talking golf, and most importantly, playing golf. I'm Trey Pizzetti, and I'm here with my good friend, Alex Chico. How you doing, man? Yo, yo. What's going on, Trey? Big uh, playoff event this week. I know. I know. We've, we've been getting some good golf. We've been spoiled lately. Um, you know, We did take a week off last week after the PGA. We uh, actually had a, a pretty fun weekend down on the Jersey Shore. So we were struggling a little bit. Uh, and also, it was a pretty low-key event. So we thought it was a good one to take a break on. But now that we had the Northern Trust, we're in the FedEx Cup playoffs. We had to, uh, we had to get back at it. Well, we got a big stretch of golf coming back up. Um, I mean, with the playoffs and then we roll into the U S open and then we get into the masters. Um, so yeah, the break was good, but definitely, uh, itching to get back at it. hundred percent. And and we did have a good weekend down in the Jersey shore. We were in Avalon sea isle area. I had never been down there. I went down and say with Checo and a couple of our friends from, from Boston had a good time. Didn't play any golf, but, uh, we, we did have a, a, a lot of fun that weekend, had good weather. Uh, but how's your uh, Pinehurst prep going, man? It's going well. Um, I'm trying to get out there and play. Luckily, we got some guys who uh, we all kind of do the, the beach together, who you, you met last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we all went out and played Shoregate, which has kind of been like my home track uh, down in, it's right outside Sea Isle this summer. Um, I've played it like probably seven or eight times. Um, so it's getting there. It's getting there. I just need like, it's come September. I need like consistent month of like solid, like going out and playing like at least once or twice a week because yeah. I cannot go down there and play bad golf. That just cannot happen. I know. I know that course that I was Googling that course that you're playing at. It looks pretty nice. Um, and especially for how convenient it is to you, but totally, totally get it. Yeah. It, it's really about getting the short game dialed in, right? You know, you yep. can hit it everywhere, but as long as your short games, well, during a, an event like that, you won't be at least, uh, blowing up. So, I feel like you'll you'll get it going once the you're down at the shores over and you have all of September to really grind it out. Yeah, I really have all of September, all of October, which is like because it's not till later late late in October. So I have like two solid months of like good prep that I can do. I'm just hoping that we get some like nice fall weather. Yeah, absolutely. And if the summer is any indicator, you'll definitely be able to uh, get some good weather. Um, but let's uh, move into the bladed wedge tee sheet. Uh, so, you know, this weekend we had the Northern Trust at TBC Boston. Actually, an event that you and I went to last year, which I kind of forgot uh, when, until I started watching it. But it was definitely weird watching without the stands. I was kind of trying to figure out exactly where we were sitting and stuff. And, and without the stands, it was a little tough. But pretty pretty interesting event. The course played very easy. And, and Dustin Johnson really dominated uh, going 30 under. Yeah, I mean, that was he just kind of made everyone look silly. Um, he put together like an, a phenomenal, um, a phenomenal weekend. I think the one day he had, what did he shoot the one day? Like, was it 59 or no, 60? No, he shot, so or? I think he ended up shooting 60, but he was like nine under through seven or something ridiculous like that. Um, yeah. so he was definitely on track and, and he pardoned and everyone was seeming like so disappointed. I'm like, this guy just shot 60. He's not mad about it. <laughs> yeah, he's not mad about it, one. And then, two, it just shows you that, like, 56, 57 is, like, so realistic on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, someone's going to get it, especially on a course like that, where you can start off that hot, you can make two or three eagles, and then uh, really, you know, make a couple more putts, and, and you're looking at low 60s, and you have a really, really hot day. You could you could touch, you know, 58 like Furyk, or even lower. Yeah. 
potentially. Well, and uh, I think this, and I alluded to this a couple weekends ago, um, when DJ is playing well, he truly is unstoppable. Like yeah. When we saw him at the U.S. Open at uh, um, uh, the course in Pittsburgh, uh, what's it called? Crap, what is it called? Um, whenever he won his last U.S. Open, uh-huh. uh, he played. He was playing such a good stretch of golf where he was unstoppable, and people just kind of got out of the way. Felt like this Oakmont. weekend was very yeah. Sorry, Oakmont. Yeah, um, he, he was playing that stretch of golf where he was unstoppable, and people just kind of slid out of the way because he hits his driver so long, and he just gets so dialed into his wedges where it just becomes. Hey, let me just pound driver, then hit wedge to five feet, make the putt. And I think when that is happening, it you really, no matter whether it's DJ, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, you really can't keep up with that. Mm-hmm. Like the guys who aren't as long as them cannot keep up, and they just have to, to accept that and just try and finish as high as possible. Absolutely. I think Kisner had a really funny quote where he said something like, uh, yeah, like I've been playing against DJ for 30 years, and whenever he starts – playing like this i just go and try to add to my i'm not trying to win i'm just trying to go yeah. and add to my bank account which i think is so true like when the guy who's that talented is that dialed in with his wedges and putter i mean it, it's not anything that a lot of guys can compete with um and you know it, it is kind of interesting because he's back to that spider tailor-made putter he actually mm-hmm. switched mid-season or after the restart to more of a blade style um and then he put this one back in his bag and his coach was like why did you ever switch? Like, yeah. like you putt so well with this putter. I don't know why you would ever switch. So it, it is funny. Even the best in the world are, are truly tinkers, like just like the local amateur golfer. Well, did you see Golf WX threw up his bag that he like the equipment he used in uh, or like when he, like this past weekend? Uh-huh. Um, they they threw up his bag and it was just like cr- like crazy, like all tailor made, like. And he has – it was interesting because he has a 52-degree wedge and he has a 60-degree wedge. So I wonder how how far he hits that 52-degree. Probably like realistically like 130, 140, you think? Yeah, I was thinking 140. That's just nuts. Yeah. So if he can just get under 150, he's probably hitting yeah. a wedge. Yep, yep. Which is crazy. Um, but so he he was one of the first he was the first player besides Tiger in 37 years to lead score, the scoring average on par threes, par fours, and par fives, which is pretty crazy. Um, and this win bolted him to number one in the world as well as number one in the FedEx uh, Cup for this season. Um, obviously, all the players are two more events and, and they're chasing. I think it's a 10 million dollar prize, so mm-hmm. pretty big deal to bolt up to number one there. He just has edged up Justin Thomas, who has been very solid throughout the whole season. Um, so it, it would be interesting to watch everyone duke it out over the last two events. Kind of moving on to some other guys, um, Rory. Uh, I know we were talking about this earlier, but really still struggling to find his game, um, and and has been talking about how he's not really inspired. What what are your kind of takeaways with with Rory's comments and and how he's been playing lately? Well, I think golf is just such a tough game where if you're not playing well, it's really hard to stay motivated towards it. And it's hard to see other guys playing really well. And you just in this standstill, like call it like a lackadaisical approach towards like competing each week. Mm -hmm. And I think 
in order to get out of that funk, he has to like win. Like yeah. he has to get like a, a W under his belt, which will get him back to that feeling of like five, six years ago when he was just like lighting it up. So that, I, I, I just think until he, he wins or until he finds some sort of spark, he's it's just going to be like going through the motions with him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I really think the the uninspired kind of hits a nail on the head. You know, he's hasn't played terrible golf. He just hasn't had like the runs yeah. or like the fire that he normally has. And I yeah. know, you know, watching him, his wedge game has been very off, which is uncharacteristic mm-hmm. of him. But um, you know, it seems like that's something that he could tweak. But golf's hard, and it's hard, you know, mentally as well. So uh, the good thing for him is there's a lot of golf he played this year, right? So. Yeah. He's got two more events to kind of figure it out, and he's got two more majors coming up. So it'll it'll be interesting to watch him play. Obviously, want him to get back to top form. Um, but kind of a cool thing coming out of this weekend was the picture that went viral with Rory and Tiger sitting at the lunch table with uh, Tiger's caddy, and they were just literally just eating like a sandwich, drinking a Diet Coke, talking. And it's like I have no idea what they're talking about, but that was a table that you definitely want to be at. Hundred percent, and it could be very similar to what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Like, like Rory is like Tiger's a mentor to Rory, and mm-hmm. Rory probably seeks advice from Tiger on like how to get out of these funks because it happens. Like every golfer is going to go through it. You know, I'm I'm sure Jordan Spieth is probably saying like very similar things, just not like openly and and publicly. Um, so that very well could be, but they're also, I mean, that table of four people was just insane like yeah. it's crazy i mean it was definitely like i'm sure it was a combination of just casual talk and and also yeah. talk about their games i mean they played the first two days together so yeah. they're pretty you know they probably talk a bunch and then also you know be kind of recapping how they played and what they can work on and yeah. i'm sure yeah. honestly probably talking pretty technical stuff about the swing and and different shots and, and how to hit mm-hmm. them and how to play them so I mean, that would be so cool to listen to. And it really just shows, like, if you could get these guys to be a little bit more open on some sort of, like, video content, talking about their games, talking about how to hit the shots, like, it would, everyone would eat it up. Totally. Uh, definitely. Um, another, another news, kind of going to Tiger, his son won another tournament this weekend, which is just kind of so funny to see, like, his son dominating uh, the, the junior circuit. I'm sure he'll continue to do that. Um, Tiger needs a, a top four finish this week, probably uh, probably top four, if not top five, uh, to move on to the Tour Championship. So that's something to, to keep an eye out for. Um, last thing on the PJ Tour before we move to the Champions Tour, um, Brooks dropped out with an injury, um, really hadn't played too well since Saturday of the PGA. Um, he, you know, he says everyone was kind of reporting he's done for the season. I'm sure we'll see him back for the majors. He probably is just resting up, uh, leading up into, into those. Uh, but do you have anything to, to take away with Brooks? Just a bad time to get injured. Like a bad time to get an injury because even if he does come back for the majors, he's still going to be like not 100% yeah. or not um, not going to be totally in form. So I think using these events definitely helps in the preparation for – the majors yep. and I can tell you that uh, Wingfoot and Augusta are going to be playing pretty tough. Like they're not going to be easy events to go to and, and try and compete in um, when you're not playing a hundred percent. So, you know, I hope he comes back. I think he will come back, mm-hmm. but 
just a tough time to get hurt. Absolutely. Very, very tough. Um, and then moving to the Champions Tour, we got Phil playing in his first event this week. Yesterday, Monday, uh, was his first uh, round. He put up a 61, and that is, you know, obviously was really just bombing the ball on a shortened course. You, you know, Phil still hits it out there with, with the best of them. So he's obviously being able to take advantage of his length on, on that type of course instead of a PJ Tour course. I really, you know, expect him to, to probably win this week or not finish high. And then I really don't expect him to play a lot more on the Champions Tour for a couple of years. I think he's going out there and seeing what it, what it's like. And yeah. he, he doesn't want, this is not what Phil wants. Phil wants to be competing at the, the highest level. And his game yeah. is still close to being there. Well, I, is is he, is he in the U.S. Open this? this I year? think he has to be. Doesn't he? I mean, he's got to be qualified for it. Because I know, like in previous years, he's been very close to not being in the in the event. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, he'll be in the Masters, but I, I I'm not 100 percent sure that he is in the U.S. Open. If he has so, like the, the points or if, the pre qual, like some sort of pre qualifier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know. Well, I think this year with the way the U.S. Open's working, because of like COVID and stuff, they eliminated all of the qualifying events. Mm-hmm. So remember, we were talking about that a while back, yeah. where they're like, "Well, how do you pick like what AMs to let in the field? Like, how do you make that determination if you don't have the the qualifiers?" Mm-hmm. Um, so if he is in the event, then I think playing this week definitely helps him stay sharp. Um, and gives him some confidence of, uh, around going out, hitting the ball, going low, watching the ball go in the hole, like making some good putts. Yep. Um, I think all of that is good, like Juju heading into the major championship stretch that we got. Um, not just the two that we have in 2020, but even going into 2021 um, will we'll definitely help benefit him because he's not playing in – you know, the, the, the rest of the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. Obviously he was going to go out. Obviously he was going to rip it up. Um, he's playing a shorter golf course and he's still in great shape for 50 years old. So, um, Phil's going to do Phil. He's going to always compete. He's going to always play well. Um, and you know, it would be awesome to see him win another major. Yeah, totally agreed. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, they always say like, if you're really struggling to move up some tees and just have a round where you yeah. play really well and then just kind of get that mojo back, maybe this is it for him. He sees a 61 on the card and yep. even though it's a little bit of a shorter course, he can maybe translate that to back on the tour. So super interesting yeah. to watch there. Um, moving into our rotating topic, we're just going to kind of go with who's going to win the FedEx Cup. Um, obviously a huge prize pool. Um, a lot of big changes with these events coming down the line. And the winner just gets a, a crazy amount of points compared to the rest of the season. So things do get switched around a lot. But um, I'll let you go first. Who, who's going to be your champion? I bet JT wins it again. I bet he just flips a switch and just because he won the BMW last year. I was watching the highlight. Uh, PGA Tour posted uh, like a highlight reel of yeah. his uh, like a couple key shots on Sunday last year, and it was just it was insane. Like the, some of the shots he hit were just incredible. Yeah. Um, and I think he just flips a switch and just takes it over. I mean, typically you, you you see like a few guys who, you know, come out and like start to play really well in these these you know a couple wins here or there in these like playoff events, and like you would think like oh like Dustin, but I can see Dustin kind of cooling off actually, mm-hmm. and then JT just ripping forward. Yeah, I mean Dustin barely took the lead over JT, so that's going to be tight at the top, anyways. I think uh, you know I could see JT even getting like a top five, top ten this week, 
and yep. like taking taking back the lead and and then carrying it to next week. At the end of the day, yep. like in my opinion, especially since the restart, JT's been the best player out there. So it's really yep. hard to bet against him. Everything in his game is working well, and, and he just played so solid that it, it's just really tough to bet against him at this point. So yep. uh, we'll we'll see how this week plays out. We obviously know he likes the course and his game fits the course. So I'm I'm on board with JT as well. So, uh, no interview this week. Super excited that you guys tuned in. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitch. Really appreciate uh, all your guys' support. And we will be back next week um, recapping the tournament, talking about the FedEx Cup, talking about if Tiger made it, talking about JT's performance. Um, and, and, again, just really appreciate your guys' support. And we'll see you guys soon. Later.